Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. We're lucky enough again to be joined by our, I would like to say now, our regular contributor, Mark Jackson. I think it's pretty regular. Yeah, it's regular enough now, isn't it? I've shoehorned myself in enough times. I think you are, yeah, yeah, and you've got more to come, haven't we? So if if I'm stuck, I just go, Mark, what can we talk about? (laughs) So there we go. Um, Yeah, so me and Mark uh, caught up a couple of weeks ago and uh, we had a bit of a think. We'd do, I'd like to say it was a production meeting. No, it, was a, it was. It was a production meeting. Oh, yeah. I did label it that when we were yeah, on the time. Yeah, so we were absolutely. on the phone and I said, oh, we, so we had a quick, this, we'll use this as our production call. But we we're trying to work out subjects to talk about and it was interesting because we were a bit stumped because we talked about lots of things and there's so many things to talk about. Yeah. And you as our resident security <laughs> expert guru, person that I always turn to when I need to know about something, we thought we'll just do a, a security update What's going on in the world? What are the things that are top of mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been to see, you've been to a couple of events yep. uh, recently. So you went to the, uh, which you are, I, I won't talk about that, and you can talk about that. I'll, t- I'll t- yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, so yeah, there's been, there's been a flurry of events actually over the last few weeks. Um, so the first one that I attended was a new CSG event. Uh, so CSG, what is CSG? CSG are the Communications Electronic Security Group. So probably doesn't actually help you any further. Effectively, they're the part of government that provides advice and guidance around the, uh, the world of cyber security. Um, uh, and, and they've been around for many, many, many years. Um, and are really there just as a, as a centre of excellence around all things cyber. And it, so, so is that so? Just to understand mm-hmm. that, you mean I, I know we both work in the public sector sure. area of, of, of Cisco, yeah. um, in the UK. So, is that somewhere with just government bodies or government organisations? It's affiliates actually, would come yeah, to, or no, is, so, it, is it business can go to it as well? No. So, I, I would say broadly, their their primary responsibility is to government, but they're you know they they certainly have a very close working relationship with a lot of what would be considered to be critical national infrastructure suppliers. So. Um, power generation, utilities, um, food distribution, etc. Um, because clearly, they, they you know there's a vested interest in ensuring those types of organisations remain secure and protected to mm-hmm. protect the UK as a whole. Yeah. Um, and also in the financial services industry, they have close linkages into you know Bank of England and other yeah. uh, other other financial organisations as well. So they have that very broad you know degree of responsibility in providing that yeah. advice and guidance. And and I guess you know the they this is the first conference or the first of this conference theme, if you like, uh, where they where they created this thing called Cyber UK in Practice, which is the was the inaugural event, um, and it was a two day conference held up in Liverpool. Um, uh, it was actually a fantastic event, I, I've got to say. the The event itself um, was a very different style of event. Uh, I think one of the quotes that CSG's website has got is, "It was the most ungovernmenty government event ever." <laughs> Because um, you can imagine a lot of these events tend to be full of stuffy old men in suits and, and uh, corduroy trousers and such. Um, that's not to put a slight on my brethren in the cyber security world, but um, that tends <laughs> or to your, be... Or your brethren, or their customers in public or sector. Or my customers <laughs> in public sector, of course. But, but that tends to be the audience that these things sort of attract, and they, they really tried to change that. There was a lot of folks there in attendance who were developers, um, so uh, government digital services uh, employs a, a lot of uh, coders and developers developing yeah. the various different applications and services they have so there was, a lot of, there was quite a young group of individuals in there which changed the dynamic a lot um, and also it, it was on the back of the fact that in October there's going to be the launch of the new National Cyber Security Centre 
um, which sort of brings together some of the disparate parts of government at the moment. So places like CSG, um, an organisation called CERT, who are responsible for computer emergency response. So they provide sort of instant handling advice and guidance to any, you know, both government and private sector. So they sort of provide that. So what do they do then? So is it so if I've been if I think I've been hacked, I can go to this cert. You can go to cert. Does yeah. cert stand for something? Yeah, because you know emergency response. Okay, you did cover it. Yeah, so right, okay. UK. You're getting on top of it now. So you yeah, don't do oh yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't do an acronym or anything no, like that. Do acronyms or abbreviations without explaining it afterwards. Absolutely. Well then. Um, so so that, that, that this new national cybersecurity centre is is says is should be launched around the October timeframe, and it brings together all these different points. So again, the conference was really focused about how the community how the industry is going to do things differently to try and really become that single point of entry for all things cyber for both public and private sector okay. going forward so it was a good it was a good event so what else have you been to uh, so the other event of course is infosec which happened last week yeah. um so there was three days uh that, that cisco had big stand at infosec and i attended just for for a short period of time so probably didn't get around as much of the event as i'd have liked um, but it, you know, certainly from my observation, is incredibly well attended event. Um, seemed to get bigger and bigger every year, quite honestly. But so, I mean, the interesting thing is saying cybersecurity or security in general mm. or IT security yeah. is something that never seems to go away. You mean Cisco? We've invested heavily more recently, the last sort of two, three years, yeah. apart from as well as acquisitions, but mm. the investment in that part of our, our business and making mm. sure that we we have the solutions and are able to uh, mm. work with our customers on the different kind of solution is something that is. It doesn't seem like it's a market that's stagnating. It's no. a definite market that's growing. Yeah. And and the interesting thing you, you called out when we were, we were preparing for this, <laughs> I don't know if we do, do we prepare? Um, <laughs> was, it doesn't feel like it when we're doing it anyway. Um, but when we were preparing, you're just saying about, the, 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 you're saying there's some statistic on the, by 2020 there's going to be a... a yeah, a, one and a half million shortfall. The predictions, yeah, predictions are about one and a half million shortfall in uh, the number of cybersecurity professionals I guess in its broadest spectrum, um, there's, there's going to be that that gap. Basically, you know, we need more people to come into this industry to help protect government, private sector, uh, to protect us from the bad guys because the bad guys are getting better and better in this all the time. I mean, there was a great paper I read last week um, published by uh, I'm trying to think it was HP. Um, they published a paper around the business of hacking, and they looked at the economics and the business models around yeah. how the bad guys are operating and really kind of drawing parallels with a traditional enterprise. And it was really interesting to see how they've kind of looked at the business models um, and the financial models and the support and the HR and the recruit, you know, really drawing a parallel between the cyber criminal world and the and the business world. So short, you know, short point is, is that you know, we need more people in this industry. And you know, they're getting organized and they're very well organized. I mean, they, they, you know, they have QA processes, they have support processes in place that would probably rival some of the best non-bad guy companies, if that's a phrase, you know, yeah. that, that would, you know, they, they will have help desk support. If you want to go and hire a denial of service, a, a service, yeah. you know, software but as a service. And, and that's the thing that, I mean, that came from the, the previous podcast we did right. on, on ransomware, wasn't it? About Absolutely. when it's becoming a major thing that sort of bowled me over was about the monetization of it. But then Huge. the other thing was about buying it as a service. Yeah. You know, have to become a hacker. You just, I'm going to buy. A, I just, I'm an, an ethical person, and I want to make some money. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to get some Bitcoin, yeah. and I'm going to go and buy it. Absolutely, going on the dark web, and yeah. the webs are available. Yeah, um. <laughs> absolutely. But that, but that, that, but that's the whole point. Is that 
you know, our industry, the good guy side of the industry, has to has to keep pace with these guys. You know, we have to do things differently. We have to share our information, our intelligence better yeah. because the bad guys are doing that really, really well. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of code reuse in the things that they do and the malware that they mm. generate because they they learn from each other in a way in a way that's far better than we do in the private sector. So no, there's that big gap, and I think that's a big trend. You know, we are in a, a, a growing industry. Um, you know, where there is this massive gap of skills um, and and. I wouldn't say capability. We have lots of capabilities. We just don't always bring it to bear in the right way. And is that just generally our how we're organised? Because I, I'm sure that the will is always there and the will is always good. It's just the challenge is that you have an organisation set up in a certain way, mm. a, a, maybe a, a, a public sector organisation mm. or a private sector organisation set up in a way, and we'd love to be able to do it, but we just we aren't organised that way to be able to sort of share best practice, to be able to go, actually, this is the right thing to do, yeah. and just get on and do it. They'll go, ooh, ooh, right, okay, change request. Ooh, we're doing something with IT. Ooh, ooh what happens if, we, if it doesn't go yeah. right? Do we have to, have we got a, is there a rollback? Is there, do we need to test and evaluate? It just, this is my gut feel yeah. of just being in the industry a short while. Well, I wouldn't say yeah. a short while, but is that we always seem to hamstring ourselves up by, by our own policy and process. Yeah, it's, it's, Am I just being... Being for, being no, I don't think you are. Cynical. No, I don't think you're being too cynical. Like, you know, I don't. I, if it was easy, one would hope that we would solved it. Um, I think that that's the thing is that doing this stuff sometimes can be hard, and it's hard not because of the technology. It's the culture. It's the procedural. You're dealing with so many different factors. I think with with security in its broadest sense. You know, you're dealing with making sure that people do things at the right point in time when they're when they're working. You know, relying upon them to not use shadow IT to think. God, that, uh, my email system's really a bit rubbish today. I'm so is it, to... is it to the thing that we, we've got our little... Okay, okay, our formula. Great. Well, it's, it's our formula we've, we've drawn up of, of, of people policy and process mm. and underpinned mm. by technology. Yeah. But because of that, it's not been a deal to... Or people are using that to the wrong in the wrong kind of way. Yeah, potentially. That's slowing things down. And, and you look at a big business, you look at this, some major industries out there have been impacted. Major organisations have been attack, attacked and been impacted by... by uh, cyber attacks or whatever you want to call it and that can be a, could have been solved by one putting IT and security higher up the agenda yep. and being able to make change quicker and mm-hmm. I think that's something I'm sort of seeing a, a theme in um, in IT now is mm-hmm. about how can we make change quicker speed. how can speed so we talk about SDM you know mm-hmm. talk about rapid development of code and even inside Cisco we're trying to make that well there is definitely a, a, a move towards being able to instead of having uh, waiting for months and months for the next version of code to come out mm. to be a lot more rapid development yep. of our code that works on our yep. equipment and our software mm. so it, it's getting security into that life cycle as well there was a great presentation at Cyber UK there was a, a lady there who was an ethical hacker who was working from the one of the major government departments and um, you know she was sort of talking a lot about her role in that in that department and but what she was really advocating is making sure again that security is baked in so as you go through an agile development process for example for a solution you know through each one of those sprints that you go through in the agile methodology you put security at the heart of that make yeah. sure security is part of that team you test the deliverable at each you stage want, you want somebody to destroy, basically hack the work that you've done basically yeah don't don't wait until the end until you've got the product out the back end or you've got your first beta hack ready. as you go along hack as you go along or, or challenge and break as you yeah, go yeah. along because Otherwise, what you end up with is something that's going to be too costly to remediate and fix at the end. So you end up putting something out 
in use that you know. But then if you don't bake that into the process of, right, okay, when you're looking at a, a getting a project out or a piece of software out, mm-hmm. and if you haven't baked in security along the whole time, but when you come to go, oh, actually, we need to test this, and you go, yeah. well, okay, we, make, we do the testing, and then you go, oh, we haven't put enough time into remediation, and then the, but you need to we'll deliver on it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of that, um, that side of things in terms of trying to bake things further into the process. We're hypothesizing a lot, aren't Oh, we, we are, yeah, no, I think we've... And we uh, haven't even got... Should, we, should we get off our soapboxes now? <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's let's talk about the first thing that the um, that we planned to talk about, yeah, yeah, let's which do was that. Um, that event you went up to in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was a couple of things that were interesting that I think came out of that one. There was a lot of things that were. So interesting. this was the cyber cyber, cyber UK, UK in practice. practice. Yeah, cyber UK in practice. Um, odd title, I think. Um, I don't know. I sort of get it. Yeah, I, I I can sort of get see where they're coming from. It's not the catchiest title, maybe, but then you know, well, I'm not in marketing. Um, no, so, so one of them, so recently there's been a lot of discussion about the wonderful subject of passwords, not always the most exciting subject in the world, but I think one that uh, certainly has hit the press recently, there's been a few breaches of passwords. Well, yeah, but the, the interesting thing about passwords is the one thing that people are still, from a from an attack perspective, is is they want your passwords. Yeah, and it's still the fun, one of the most fundamental parts of our security arsenal is our passwords. Yeah. And it's still something that we tend to get wrong. Or not, you know, get wrong in the broadest sense. You know, we either choose bad passwords or we, we don't use yeah. them, or we don't do the right thing with them. Um, but a lot of a lot of focus, possibly too much focus, is put on passwords and how, you know, because they tend to be the front line of defence. How we kind of use them, and there's been a, a so in the in the sense that I I think. The, the pressure that I get from what you're saying is that everyone is sort of you get all that pressure on you to I've got to change my password yep. I've got to regularly change it and and I'll, I'm gonna, the story not the story but I went to see a customer it was a healthcare customer up in uh, up in the uh, sort of the East Midlands part of the country yeah and it was it was really wonderful because we stood out in the corridor waiting to go to the meet into the meeting room mm. and there was a sign saying that uh, the sign said uh, passwords are like underwear. <laughs> Need to be changed regularly, <laughs> and then and then in, when we were prepping for this, you said and not shared. And don't share them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but but uh, but I think that's a really interesting point, and you know the point about changing regularly is a, is is the is probably some of the controversy controversy that that has surrounded some of the recent guidance that CSG put out. Um, so back in I think it was November last year, they published some guidance around passwords because I think what they they and I think industry is beginning to recognise that God, passwords are, are broken. You know, as, as a mechanism, you know, we are and have probably 20, 30 passwords uh, that we have to remember both for work and for home use. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will tend to use the same password for multiple things or very similar variations of the same yeah. password on, on different systems at, at best. Um, and we're always kind of forced to put these so called complex passwords where we're having to put upper and lowercase characters. Uh, numerics or complex count, you know, complex yeah. character exclamation mark, and so on and so forth. And of course, as a human, they're really hard to remember. So guess what? We forget them, and then we get locked out of systems. And then that, if we're if it's a work, we get you know lost productivity, and downtime. And but it's the lost productivity downtime is, is one thing. But the mm. interesting thing is, it just the, the pressure on us to do it, and that, and every time. I mean, yesterday um, I signed up for a a, a, um, a website, mm-hmm. and. Create a create the account usernames mm-hmm. my part my email address my password I created and mm-hmm. it ends but it was then even then and I tried to create a strong password but the one I would remember yeah and it wouldn't let me do a special character at the end yeah and so I just went oh, do you know what in the end I went oh, you go you 
here's a simpler version yeah. of the regular password mm-hmm. I use. But it's that pressure on us to continue to, to, to change our passwords. Yeah. But it's driving a bad behaviour of we're using the same thing or such a close variation of it's not that hard to if I if I hack it once yeah. do you know what I'm probably gonna be able to I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna hack the yeah. other version of it and and that was that that's sort of the basis of, of some of the guidance really is that um, I suppose what we've always I suppose enshrined within our password policies for years has been regular changing regular changes you know 30, 60, 90 days whatever. Whatever it might be, but change it regularly because you know if the bad guys get hold of your password. Then I think the interesting thing that when you're looking in an organisation, we get challenged every ninety to change. Yeah, we do. Ours yeah. is every ninety. Yeah, yeah. and uh, which is a wonderful occasion, and we've got all the different. It's great because we have a single sign-on for everything. So you we one do. password. Yeah. So we've got great one for password. That. Yeah, one password for everything. So yeah, and I don't know, is that a good bad thing? I'm getting concerned now because if I get that one password, they've got access to everything. Single sign-on. Yes. So that's it. Now. Oh my god. Um, but then you think about it from a personal security perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm using that same password that's never regularly changed mm-hmm. on a plethora of websites. Yeah. Which from you, banking yeah. to email mm-hmm. to your um, music, mm-hmm. online music to to whatever. I'm trying to be really corporate, not Generic. <laughs> generically, and not actually say and other vendors are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all those things, but they don't get challenged because. But then I don't change them regularly. No. They're, they're out there. Yeah. Just every time I not... sign up for a new one, I'll just go, I'll try and use a different variation yeah. of it. Yeah. And I use my, my Justin randomizer and just go, well, the last character is going to be different. I'm going to pick this one today. <laughs> the Justin randomizer. You're going to yeah. have to, you know, kind of productize Pate, that. Productize yeah. it, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah so, so I, think, I think the advice that CSG have come down with is that, you know, firstly, there has to be this trade-off between usability and security. That, that's something that we're beginning to... It's not something we begin to realise. I think it's now becoming more front of mind is that yeah. security can't get in the way of usability. We, the, the, there is a way of getting the two along together um, and you know, usability shouldn't be compromised because of good security and things like complex passwords that you've got to change every 30 days is, is getting in the way of it. Yeah, and I think when we go back to the, the first podcast we did and we, yeah. had, uh, and we were talking about a game where we introduced the... Was it the three-legged donkey? And oh, the three-legged donkey, donkey, yeah. As well. But it was around... Um, how security has been taken as the first thing and not the the, the actual the outcome what yeah, you're trying yeah, to deliver business outcome, and actually, yeah. so the business outcome is now starting to be I mean you know this you're in the, in this market yeah. all the time so from what I'm gathering what mm-hmm. you're saying is that the actual usability yeah. is is becoming more and more becoming more and more forefront yeah and security I, needs to be able to underpin that correct. without stopping correct. the business outcome uh, absolutely and that and I think you know we're we're in the midst of that transition now I think I think some some people are getting on board with that, but I think it, you know, it, it's 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 a journey. You know, security yeah. is not a destination; oh. it's a journey. Also, um, you said the J word. Oh god! Can I not say journey? Is that a bad word? Oh, no, no, but it's, I, I I refuse to say when I'm in meetings. Oh dear, journey! Right, I didn't. I'll add that. I'm going to take you on a journey, and, and you're like, oh, I'll be like, that's the first thing I'll just switch. So that also goes on that card of uh, you know BS Bingo, does it? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely, definitely. Journey, journey I'll but yeah, but it's, it is interesting, and you look at it. You mean in the, the other podcast that we've done, we've done one on of, of how security has been embedded into the network so much mm. more as part of the overall. Yeah. Not saying it's the only solution, but as the overall part yeah. of your security. Strategy is um, interesting because we've never really had that before. No, you mean no. network security was something like okay, you're gonna you're gonna do a DHCP spoofing or can you make sure that's turned yeah, on or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Never really anything yeah. proper yeah, aligned yeah. to a security strategy. It's I, like a feature it, that you would turn that on. you would have to turn on. Yeah. So so no, I think I think we are in the midst of a bit of a change and, and a bit of a change in challenging some of those old ideals as well. I mean, let's yeah. face it, passwords have been around forever. 
um, in terms of a, of a security control, probably one of the first security controls I would probably wager. I'm sure somebody would. I'm sure, well, I, I, in some of the books that I've read, I'm a bit of a bit of a history novel buff, yeah. is that passwords were going back to the Roman times. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Cryptography so sure. and Caesar ciphers. And yeah. like that. So, so I think there's, you know, there's a focus to sort of say, well, yeah, let, not throwing the baby out of the bathwater, but just sort of saying, actually, let, let's challenge some of these things that we've maybe done for years where we're saying there's a false... 90 day change because there has been research that says well people change passwords in a predictable fashion you know if I've got so password it, X I will probably change it to password Y so why change it what does it buy me in security terms is the challenge I suppose okay so so what is the what is the answer then to this password conundrum then <laughs> the password conundrum that sounds like a bit like countdown doesn't it, it other is, TV programmes it is two other, yeah, other <laughs> mid-afternoon uh, programmes that are watched by students and other people <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think it's just about again. It's about applying some sense. So you know, things like password lockout policy. So if I fail to put in the right password more than you know three times, then I should probably just lock the account out. Um, you know, and it, again, that that's obviously a, a bit of a trade off between usability and security. But you so know, that is stops that people brute forcing? No, so yeah, that's what I was going to say. So that yeah. is stopping a somebody just going. Yeah, password, password, I'm just password. Trying to go through a list. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's so that kind of stopping that brute force. And that also, I mean, then that drives the behaviour, not the behaviour, but then you just go, oh, my account's been locked out. I contact IT. Yeah, yeah you've had a brute force attack. Oh, what well, else me? I've not been. I've been Absolutely. on the road for yeah. two days. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it, it raises a proper incident. It can be then dealt with. How has somebody gone into the system so they're brute forcing your username? Mm. You know, there can be a proper investigation. The other side is is just looking for a kind of irregular activity. So. Again, if you are going to go down the road of saying, well, maybe I'm not going to weaken my password policy, but I'm going to change it so that I don't have that force 30 or 90 day policy, I need to actually put more scrutiny on monitoring the use. Right, okay. Because yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to probably give you more evidence of bad things happening. So looking for irregular yeah. logins, maybe mm-hmm. logins from unusual locations or unusual times. Yeah. You know, should somebody be logging into an account at 2 a.m.? Well, that's interesting when we look at that, when we looked at sort of network as an enforcer podcast, yeah. where we talk about. The, pe- the, the, the the process of any time, any place, anywhere. So yeah. who are you? What time? What, the, yeah, yeah. what were you trying to come in from? Yeah. What kind of device yeah, you're coming absolutely. in from? Is this the device I've never seen before? Yeah. What time? We talk about what time of day you're on location, yeah. and yeah. you're going. Well, actually, yeah. Let's start to use those things. Yeah. Yeah. We use them intelligently. They're not. They're not always going to give you the exact answer. But they'll just spot a behaviour, an anomaly, or a behaviour, and I think that's that's an important factor to start to look at. And that again is where the CSG advice comes in. Is it sort of says, well, look, you know, if you are going to look at doing password management and password policies, put more focus and emphasis on that mm. kind of protective monitoring, that that you know behavioural activity side yeah. of things, than maybe thinking about sixty day password changes, which are which are just going to get in the way for the vast majority yeah. of times and not improve your security. Okay, so. It, passwords it, are great. Passwords are great, but I've created a password. I'm not changing it. We're using the the system to spot irregular usage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and bad behaviour or, or bad bad behaviour. Uh, brute force attacks is a bad. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, do do we just leave it at that? Is that the only thing we can do? So keep with password forever. Just hopefully it's going to be a good password and a strong password. Yeah, I, I, I you know. Again, it, it, I think it's interesting. There was a piece of research, or there was a lady for the. Uh, there was a, an article written by a lady from the FTC. Uh, is it What's Federal the Trade Commission in the US? FTC? I don't know, you're on your own. Federal Trade Commission sounds good. Uh, I'm sure that must be what it is. <laughs> um, but she, she had a role of uh, effectively researching passwords and password management. And she was saying that the, the most common question that she gets is, how often should I change my password? And, and her answer to that was, well, uh, should you be changing it at all? And that, yeah. that sort of led to a body of academic evidence that she pointed out, which again supported that yeah. argument about, should we regularly change passwords? 
Um, you know, some people's views are as extreme as, well, only change it if you find it's been compromised. I mean, let's face it, if you look at your social media application, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your MySpace, your... Yeah, and the only time you do change it is when you get an email from them saying, we've detected unusual activity or we think your account might be compromised. Yeah. Please go and change it. You know, and, and that... Again, I don't want to be hit, sat here advocating, please never change your passwords. I think it's probably healthy to change it maybe annually or, you know... I think it's be cognizant of it as well, yeah. isn't it? Just, just when you think you, it's been there for a while, go yeah, and change go it. Go change it. And don't use something bad in the first place because, again, there's... There was a report, I mean, earlier in the year, there was a bunch of stuff about passwords uh, in sort of January, February time, where they there was a bunch of reports sort of showing from the big password dumps that had been found on the web what the most common passwords were. And it was, you know, things like password and one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, there was a dump that was reported on from, I think it was from LinkedIn or someone like that, uh, that was reported on, on one of the websites. And they said of nearly 50 million passwords, over a million of them were one, two, three, four, five, six. Do you know what's really interesting is yesterday we had a, uh, a, a gathering. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say it was for the Queen's birthday. I think we just organised the gathering in the street anyway. And, and they, they wanted to put um, some music on. And I said, oh, and, they, and uh, they said, oh, can we get access to the internet? And I said, can we get some Wi-Fi out there? I went, as, a, as your resident IT yeah. person, I, sure I enabled that to happen. Created a, a, uh, a Wi-Fi network yeah. for them. Yeah. Uh, named it the street name so people could work awesome. out to jump on. Password was one two three four five six seven eight. Yeah. And do you know what the interesting thing was? The people walked up to me and said, oh, "What's the password? What's the password? What's the password?" Yeah. I said, "Can you guess it?" And they went, "No." And then when they told me it was one two three four six eight, they went, "Oh, we should have known that one." Yeah. And they went. I was yeah. quite surprised at how many people didn't even bother just trying didn't to guess try. it. Yeah. Just yeah. didn't try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it's amazing how many people actually choose to use that. I mean, the, and I, I did the, it purposely because I just went... Because you just want to eat. And it was only on for three hours. Yeah, yeah. And then I took and it tightly control and then it goes away. But, but people use these passwords. I mean, I think the second most popular one was LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, there were over 200,000 passwords that were LinkedIn because that was all they could... So, so, so the point so you, is, is you're, that, while you're on there, you're going to make a decision at the time, and so you'll use it. And or, or the other thing you've, you've talked about is is sort of using z- uh, O's for zeros, fives for common, S's, which is common. So do the bad guys know but that. It's still, yeah, it's not hard. It's, it's, it's not leak it's speak, not hard. as it's called. Leak speak, <laughs> uh, but but people do it. You know, I mean, I you know, I put my hand up. I'll I'll do that kind of thing. But again, there's a lot of argument about things like passphrases and you know, um, actually making passwords longer, but making them English words. So you could have rabbit chair wall ceiling. Actually, that is probably potentially more memorable because they're full English words. And if I put my crypto nerd hat on, there's there's more randomness in that passphrase than there is in you putting. But the interest, yeah, you know, leap speak in a in a very small word. But the interesting thing that from yesterday when I was signing up to this website and it Mm. and it wouldn't and it would wouldn't let me put in a too complicated password <laughs> so it's like the, yeah. the systems themselves that you're trying to yeah. get a log on to or secure yeah. your connection to yeah. aren't, secu- aren't allowing you to be super secure I know I, know. Come on, I was like going, I want to put a special character no, in you and you wouldn't let me do no. it no. so do we do we look at um, using other things such as I don't know password managers password yeah. generators things like that are they, yeah are they? I mean I mean password managers I've been an advocate of for a long time because you know again one of the big things that a lot of people will do is they'll reuse passwords yeah um, it, it's rife um, and so if you're using your if you're using the same password that you're using at home on your I don't know your Gmail or whatever it might be 
and you're using the same one at work and your Gmail one gets compromised or whatever it might be yeah. that you're using at home, then they've suddenly got your work account as well. Yeah. That That's bad. You know, people need to stop doing that. Um, and similarly between services as well, because of course, as soon as I've got your one account, I'll just go start trying that, yeah. that details across everything else. So password managers, I'm a big advocate of. I, I use one pass, but there are there's a there are there's available. There's a huge number of them out there. Um, usually they cost a little bit of money, 10, 15, 20 pounds or something like is that. Is that a one-off fee or is that usually a one-off fee? Um, but as a business, how would you do that? Though? So it's great as individuals, we're t- making a personal choice. Cisco don't like driven that. Thing. We no, we do, which is interesting actually. I mean, I I've I've made would, a personal would an organization would an organization go? Oh, everyone should have a password randomizer because we do for yeah. our soft token, don't we? Yeah, we get used to using soft token to try and uh, yeah, other other VPN. Other other one-time password schemes are available. available. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think I think password management is an interesting one because I guarantee that if you went around Cisco, you'd probably find there's a whole load of people don't know what a password manager actually is. I, I didn't until we prepped. <laughs> there you go. So it, it's but mine, you know, the one I've got will generate random passwords for you to whatever recipe you want, whether you want ten characters, fifteen, twenty, yeah. complex, non-complex, and it will just generate it, save it. Okay, and it, it's great. But it's, it's something. But as an organisation, they it could choose you to could, use, or an individual you could choose to. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah. be a good corporate citizen or a good good yeah. internet citizen, just be able to yeah, shift in that culture. Yeah. So I think they say there's definitely tools out there that can help. Um, but a lot of it is just just good cyber hygiene. You know, a lot of this is cyber hygiene. We've gone from pants to hygiene. Pants, pants to hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> Always an interesting journey. Um, yeah. So so you know, passwords aren't new. They're, there's nothing sexy about them, but they really are an important part of our yeah. security arsenal, and we okay. need to get we need to do better with them. Is, is the key point on that? So what's the uh, what other things did we uh, did you find out at the cyber cyber UK in practice at the cyber UK in practice event? Um, so there was a lot of talk about email security, um, which again is not a terribly sexy topic, um, but it was again it was based on some guidance that that CSG have published or, or CSG in conjunction with um, government digital services have in, in, introduced about. Uh, trying to address the the issue of spoofing, um, so trying to trying to prevent uh, email domains from being spoofed, which of course are used a lot in phishing campaigns. Whether that's to try and fish credentials, you know, pretending to be HMRC at tax return time is a great way of trying to get, mm. you know, solicit people uh, people's personal details. Whether you're trying to you know pretend to be your bank and so on and so forth. Um, and they talk about a technology called DMARC. Now, you're going to ask me what DMARC stands for. What does DMARC stand uh, for? DMARC stands for... He, he said As he types into his computer. <laughs> That's the best thing for podcasts. To remember what types it's called. In, into uh, things on computer. Debate, this is great. Domain-based message authentication reporting and conformance, DMARC. Wow. Um, but, but basically what DMARC is, um, ignoring some of the real te- techie details, it's a mechanism through which you as a recipient and me as a sender... Um, of an email of an email can ensure that my domain mark.com can't be spoofed so a bad guy can't come along and send you an email that purports to be from mark.com and okay. it, and it essentially uses some actually relatively simple technology in in the dns system domain name um, system service service system god i forgot my acronyms today that's terrible isn't it dns dns everyone dns everybody knows what dns is um, but it's essentially, you know, leveraging uh, DNS technology to be able to publish not only a policy around DMARC, i.e., what should you do if you receive an email from uh, my domain that yeah. isn't actually from my domain, but then also publishes the IP addresses of my email services. So if I've got three email servers that I send email from, I'll publish those in DNS. When you receive an email, you'll check to make sure that the email from mark.com comes from one of those IP addresses. If it doesn't, 
it's clearly fraudulent. It's clearly yeah. spoofed, and therefore you'll do. And something then, about and then it. We, we we talked about this one before, mm. especially in the, in the ransomware one. You mean phishing is still the easier way because you I can you yeah. click on the link, you download an, a, a piece of ma- of malware yeah. onto your computer. So it is still getting that email in is the most easiest way to get the it's, the most. Um, I would say the vulnerable, but the most—it's um, the low-hanging fruit. People, you know, people fall for social engineering attacks, and a fish is a social engineering attack. And fishies aren't fishing attacks, not fishies. Uh, fishing attacks aren't all about you know Nigerian princes who want to give you three million dollars anymore. No, they it's are just trying to look at an email that come in, and I've had them. I'm sure you have. Yeah, with people listening on that show. Those emails that come in, they look really genuine, and then you're like, hmm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's say the bad guys only have to get one or two, as he's continued to be seen by the sites of attacks that we continue to see in the press, and a lot of those are by, you know, either broad phishing campaigns or spear phishing campaigns yeah. where they can just you know target target these sorts of things. So, so, so this technology, so this DMAP technology mm. is so just to make sure that I've got mm. It, mm. is I get an, I get an email from you. Yep. I then my email system or my yep. or my <clears throat> DNS system will go back to you to, to your DNS to, to, to a DNS entry to a DNS entry yep. Yep. or your DNS system and mm-hmm. go I've had an email from mark.com it yep. says e- email address yeah uh, IP address yeah it's come from this 3.3.3 yeah it goes no 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 my DNS servers are 2.2.2.2 1.1.1.1 4.4.4.4 and you go oh right I'm, I'm just letting you know, I'm yep. telling you now that I've had an email from 3.3.3.3. Yep. You go, thank you very much. I can either report, report it, it. Yep. log it, uh, quarantine, log it, quarantine yep. whatever. So yep. it, but the responsibility is on who? Well, it's an interesting one because it's a slightly, is it an altruistic thing? In a way, it's because you as the owner of the domain, me as the owner of mark.com, I set the policy on my end. It's, it's sort of my responsibility to set the policy, to yeah. enable it. Um, you as a recipient need to be able to say, tick box, I, I do want to check DMARC. Yeah. Um, but in a way, you're relying upon me to actually set the policy for my outgoing email. So in a way, it's it's sort of a bit of corporate responsibility in a way. So yeah, as an organisation then, I if I, for a big organisation, mm. maybe like, I know, the, the, the government or a bank, a or, bank or, or a university or whatever, they have an email address or email mm. service, they need to just make sure that I'm turning on DMARC in some shape or form. Uh, absolutely. And, because- and then... Uh, where do I turn that on? Is that something as I do? They they would enable that within DNS. So within their within their public DNS service that they probably buy from somebody else, they essentially just need to add uh, a text record in effectively in DNS speak. They would add a text record in there which would include the DMARC policy, the IP addresses of their of their mail services, yeah. um, and that's pretty much it. That, that it's most simply saying that's really all they need to enable because then you as a receiver with DMARC checking enabled would then come in and say, oh, right, where's the policy? And then that would automatically get then get put into the junk or... Delete, yeah, or, yeah, on your or, end, you yeah. would then just... So that know, just stops... Stops you receiving spoofed emails from my domain. So somebody who claims to be mark.com on their, you know, sending list, yeah, they, they can't do that anymore. So, no, they could become mark2.com or mark7.com or some other variation, but, of course, that then becomes maybe easier to spot or... Yeah, but um, you're forcing them to do that. You're forcing it, absolutely. You're making it... You're making and there have been major harder. organisations that have been spoofed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Massive ones. And, and they've actually used those big spoofing, email spoof attacks to mm-hmm. hide other attacks. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just such a... 
in a way, it's again one of those sort of basic hygiene things is that you know we're making it very easy for the bad guys if we're not putting some of these basics in place. Yeah. Um, it's like it, somebody knocking on your door and you're going and, and not saying and just opening the door. I know it's a bit weird because we do this you know, in real life. Yeah. I mean, somebody knocks on my door, you open the door. But it's just like saying, about knocking the door going, who is it? Yeah. Or looking through your spy hole. Yeah, and or, then seeing the ID card that they've yeah, they, they just doing a bit of doing a validation. due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's anything overly... There's not a lot of cost involved. That I think that was the big message that came through from the Cyber UK event when the chat presented on it was, you know, you can you could probably turn this on in half a day. You know, it, and, and in fact, you could turn it on in a monitor mode, so you don't even have to turn it on in a mo- in a mode but just, that forces but then, dropping. But then you said, yeah, the government did some. Yeah, yeah, the government did this, so they turned it on for the gov.uk domain. I think was what they said, um, claiming that no email from government. UK government comes from .gov.uk. Because it comes from a department, department such as HMRC.gov.uk. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and what they found is within a, a relatively short period of time, I don't know if it was a week or a month, I forget the statistics. Uh, I've had a holiday since then. Um, and a birthday. And a birthday. Many happy returns. Thank you very much. Um, 28 again. And um, they said that within a relatively short space of time, they had something like 50,000 emails that had been received that claimed to be from at gov.uk and no email at all should have ever been sent so all of that would have been potential for somebody being fished or or having their credentials stolen so a great great example of something that's really quite simple to deploy um, but very few people necessarily know about it uh, or or are doing something about it there was a study uh, a company done on the FTSE 250 companies and it was like 20-30% of the companies on the FTSE 250 list had actually implemented DMARC so and, this, and of course, there's some big, there's some big brands on there. So, excuse, excuse me, that's my squeaky chair. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, anything else? <laughs> so, so you know, this this stuff is again, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that. And it's the it's the thing that sort of coming out of this conversation because it was very open. It was we were just trying to think what we're we going to talk about today, mm. and but there's nothing really new going on. It's all. It just seems to be remember your basics, mm. and and the, and again, there's just no one shiny box. That we're ever going to protect no. you from the bad stuff. No. You've got to have a, a, multitude, a multitude of of of. You can have a you can buy yourself a multitude of boxes, turn them all on, and you'll still, still get it. Yeah, you'd still be so exposed. you've got to go back to your. You mean our, our, our little catch right now? People, policy, and process yeah. underscore with technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and be able to think about your passwords, mm-hmm. think about your email, yeah. think about your behaviour, think about all these things. I could just turn this on. As part of my email service, do yeah. I need to buy a, a super magic box to do that? Not, probably not. No. no, unless you've got something really archaic that, that can't support this, which is unlikely. Yeah, but um, then it's about being able to challenge that and go, now, what can I turn on this DMARC service? Yeah. If not, why not? Yeah, and if I'm buying a service from a, a SaaS provider, do do they support that? You know, yeah, so go and have a look at something like I know three six five, Gmail, other webmail services are available. available. But you know, all of those things. You should be asking those questions. Should be asking those questions, and again, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I, I haven't checked. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them have already got the, the capabilities there. But it's it's just the, the challenge is it's it's sometimes people don't know what questions to ask. Yeah, um, and I would know either. I did no, not. No, no. I had not a clue no. about um, on passwords things yeah. like that. I've did wasn't aware mm-hmm. more about DMARC. Yeah. and if yeah. and it's great that obviously someone like uh, that. Um, yeah, CSG, CSG yeah. uh, bring that out as well. So yeah. that's good. It's bring, at least it's for us, it's highlighting that. Hopefully, yeah. the listeners are going to uh, yeah. hear this and think about it as well. And, and yeah. go, do you know what? It's I'm just good th- practical th- advice, and I think that's the way they're trying to characterise it. Which is, I goes loops right back to the point I made earlier about the sort of cyber UK and the different way they're trying to provide their guidance. You know, in the yeah. past, you know, CSG produced some 
I wouldn't say horrific, but horrifically long guides. Yeah. You know, some of them in the hundreds of pages, and you just can't consume that. So, no. you know, things like email security paper is, you know, a few pages. That's pages the challenge long. of everything in IT. I mean, it's, you get a design document, and it just gets, I mean, it's a white paper, it's like 20 pages long. Mm-hmm. Am I going to read that? No. Generally no, you, not. you just need the highlights, and I that's exactly what Tell me what's important, then I can go away and, I, and give myself time to go and read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's so much out there, I've got to know what's the most important, what's the most important. Yeah, what's, what's the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've talked a lot about the, the, the about the uh, Cyber UK and practice bit, and, and longer than I thought we were going to, which is really great. Yeah. And so, InfoSec. Yeah, InfoSec, uh, which is probably good because I, I only spent a few hours there and, and uh, didn't spend as much time looking around the, the event as I as I, uh, I would have liked to. But I, I think for me, what was immediately apparent is just even just in the, 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 the small walk around that I did, there didn't seem to be a specific security theme. And by that, I mean, a couple of years ago, you could have walked around there and seen... 80% of the, of the vendors present talking about threat intelligence. We've got a great threat intelligence capability, threat intelligence fees, whatever it might have been. A few years before that, it was all about advanced persistent threats and APTs and we're all doomed. And, uh, whereas this year, <laughs> it, it seemed... I would do the Scottish accent, but I'm what really terrible. There you go. Thank you very there much. That's um, lost my train of thought. Um, no, so um, there, there were some definite themes. This year, it seemed a little bit more... I, I certainly saw, and I'm sure there are others that would disagree if they spent more time there, but um, it seemed a bit more fragmented, a bit more a bit more varied, I suppose, that there wasn't necessarily one particular thing that all the vendors were really talking about. Is, is, and why, why do you think that is? I, I do wonder whether we find ourselves at a time where there's quite a few different cyber themes going, if you like. You know, there isn't one standout thing that everybody's talking about in the market. You know, we are talking about ransomware. We are talking about passwords. We are talking about... Uh, you know, uh, development of software, you know, the, the way in which we develop code and the speed with which we do it. There's a lot about IoT security and the challenges that we face there with the, the poor quality code that's often being associated with Internet of Things devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it probably allows the market a little bit more fluidity, um, fluidity really, to focus on those things, which is, I suppose, good from a consumer because you're not... So does that mean then, so the, think of it from, a, from mm. the layman's, security layman's point of view, mm. is that being able to sort of go, know what you're trying to do... Mm from a what is your business trying to provide, your organisation, yeah. and then being able to look out in the market and be able to find what you, what suits you. Because if you're an IT provider, then mm. you're going to want a different kind of security compared mm. to uh, your, your your attack surface is going to be different to the attack surface that yeah. that it may be a, a university or a yeah. hospital or a government organisation yeah. or a business or a big bank yeah. would would have. So, so it's, it's, yeah, it, and, yeah and, and you're right. I think that's, that's why it was quite good is you had that diversity, I suppose, of different suppliers mm. and vendors you know, coming out, you know, all the way down to some of the SME. So, I, you know, we talked earlier about this little competition that uh, the Department for Culture, Media and Sport, DCMS, um, ran in conjunction with Tech UK, uh, where they were trying to find the, the UK's most innovative small cyber startup or yeah. some random kind of... And you were on the... One of the yeah, I was on one of the judging panels about, uh, what would it be, probably about six weeks ago. So it was the sort of second sift, if you like, through through the judging process. Um, and the poor guys had to go and pitch for three minutes over a video to a video session to a, a half a dozen of us as judges, and then be grilled for four minutes for questions. And that that was literally the time we had to try and make a decision as to whether wow. they went through. I mean, but the, but the companies that went through, um, you know, were given free stands at InfoSec to go and obviously showcase their their innovation uh, as UK startups. And then the finalists, there was four finalists uh, presented on stage live at InfoSec, and, and we chose the chose the winner there which was a company called Device Authority and 
what was interesting throughout that whole process was just a seeing the diversity in the different focus that some of the startups had, yeah. um, but also seeing some common themes and, and the you know, they were diverse in the sense of the different security domains they were looking at. But one of the themes that a lot of them had in terms of their target market was a lot of them were trying to look at trying to protect SMEs. So small, 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 medium, small enterprise. to medium enterprises, because they, what they recognise is a lot of companies like Cisco and, and our typical competitors, you know, we do great at selling technologies and capabilities into large organisations, governments, yeah. uh, big enterprise, but they don't always scale down to your, you know, what has the Americans say, your mom and pop shop, you know, your, yeah. you know, ten man in a shed. Well, you look at it. You mean where I come from in Wales? You mean we've got some big organisations yeah. in there. We've got Airbus. We've got Tata Steel. Hopefully. Um, uh, or uh, another another version <laughs> of the uh, British yeah. steel industry. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got Ford. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, and I'm trying to think of them. I'm sure there are big yeah, manufacturers, yeah. but they're the ones that pop to mind. You, they will have that. But then a lot in the, in, in the country is made up of small businesses, yeah. small, medium yeah. businesses. Absolutely. And you're thinking, how do they get their services? Yeah. How do they get their IT? Who's protecting them? Yeah. Are they doing it themselves? Most probably, maybe not. Probably, but they're, probably going not to get, they're getting a service from somebody, some yeah. IT company out yeah. there, which is mostly in itself is an SME. Yeah providing them a service so yeah. you're thinking about they need to be going well Well, I I don't know we make bread or we're a yeah. florist or whatever we, they don't know the questions to ask so no. you are relying heavily on the, the providers in this area to, sure, yeah. to be able to deliver the services that wouldn't meet our pocket mm-hmm. but deliver the services that's going to protect us as well yeah. as any other business yeah yeah, and, and I think that's that's the real challenge with that sector is is you've got you know that, that sort of cost pressure clearly yeah um, You've got to balance that off against the likelihood and the sort of traditional risk assessment. You know, is is your bakery really going to be the target for an attack from a highly capable actor? Probably not, but they could be. You know, they could they could have I don't know somebody who just wants to deface their website, and that could cause them some reputational damage. But if we're we're, we're being attacked as individuals, and there's billions of us in the world. Mm. We're being attacked hmm, constantly. So even if I'm a small business, there's a good chance that you're still going to be under yeah, attack, yeah, yeah. as much as you are as yeah. an individual. Yeah, and you also see it that the other the other angle that's often can be overlooked as well, depending upon who the small business is. It's also their supply chain. Uh, you know, so you might be a small bakery, but actually you might supply to a food company that supplies to the ministry. And if, of and if that, yeah. <laughs> Or, 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 to, or, to, or to a, a big retailer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. so then they would get that brand brand protection or brand Absolutely. damage. Yeah, and they go actually, yeah. we've been we've we've done. We, you mean a big corp- yeah. corporation would be able to maybe mm. to do diagnostics yeah. and, and forensics on an attack mm. and go actually came from that company over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So, no, so so the thing that you know the SME side is a, is a really interesting one. Um, and I don't think there's an easy answer for it. Um, I think that just the market seems to be pointing towards that way from the development of these yeah. small cyber companies yeah. that are focusing on the on the on, on the, the SME yeah, market. Yeah, yeah, trying to you know there was a company there who was in the final actually one I really quite like them a company called Intruder. A couple of guys who were ex pen testers, penetration testers. So they've basically been white hat good guy hackers, basically ethical hackers, ethical hackers. Uh, and they've done that for I think combined experience about thirteen years between the two these two these two young lads um, who sort of worked in one of the big uh, companies you know sort of doing pen testing on, uh, on government sites and they come up with a, a cloud hosted um, sort of automated always on penetration systems so what it did is you as a as an SME you might have three systems facing the internet you put your IP addresses in and this system would go and probe and prod and see if there was any exposure in there and it'd do that 24 by 7 365 days and if there were a problem it would then give you a report not that you had 
you know, some, some detail or complex language that was in use. It was your Plain database. Yeah, yeah, simple language. Your database is exposed to the internet. Your customer database is exposed to the internet. And this is what you can do about it. And this is what you can do about it. And if you need more help, come and call us and we, we can yeah, yeah. give you some more, some more help. But a really simple concept that I think, you know, certainly they, the guys there were saying it scales down to like, you know, if you've got three systems, that's fine. You know, we, we'll happily scale yeah. down to that. But if you've got, if you're a 250 man SME, then we probably quite happily scale to that as, as well. well. You know, if you're a 10,000... Providing that as a service. As a service, yeah. Via the cloud yeah. or the internet, whatever yeah, you want to yeah, call it. Yeah. So that's, that's really interesting because really then nice. you start to look at, as a small company, do, do I really need a huge amount of infrastructure? Do I? Mm. Most probably not. I'm no. going to use um, cloud email. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use uh, cloud storage. Cloud hosting. Cloud and hosting yeah, and all yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff. And, and I'm trying not to say names. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but you, you, you keep it. And if so I can do that, if I can get my security in that way as well, or my at least my pen testing, which yeah. is something that a big organization would do, and we hear about that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're a big organization. We're rolling out this new system, and we're getting pen tested yeah. next week. We need yeah. it up and running. And it will cost you 30, 40, 50,000 pounds yeah. to, to get it done. You, an SME can't afford that. Um, and frankly, but in principle, why shouldn't they be able to have that, have that service? service as well? And that's that's kind of the point they talked about. So I think it's a really interesting. Uh, a it shows British innovation, which I think was great because they were these were all British yeah. companies, and and it showed a really healthy innovation. Um, uh, and I think it, it shows a target on a market that's really important to our economy as well. You know, SMEs really? make up a huge portion of it, and and we've got. It's just nice. There's the one thing we don't talk about a lot in in, in our. In, mm generally because we, we, we don't focus on that well, I, I used to in, in a previous role at Cisco but it, it's nice to see that a market and a trend in that space mm. to insecurity is going down to, to look after these yeah. these uh, smaller businesses and yeah. providing allowing having services there to provide for them so yeah. that's lovely yeah no it's great really interesting oh brilliant right we, we've we have better wrap it up haven't we yeah we <laughs> have been talking for a while um, just so so thanks very much Mark it's been no. really great I've now I've, I've got a better idea on on, on uh, Password security, good. Uh, anti-spoofing, uh, email, sp- anti-spoofing stuff. Uh, I'm sure I shouldn't say stuff. That's quite. <laughs> um, and the, again, you I mean the answer is not. You can throw as much money as any security, and you'll still get into. It's about really thinking about that people policy and process, and Absolutely. what can you turn on? What's the best practice you can turn yeah. on that you might have these features and functionality available, yeah. and if not, question yeah. who's providing you your services, or why can't you turn on this yeah. this DMARC technology? Yeah. Think about your password yeah. uh, policy. Yeah. Do I need to change it, or you just really have a really good password and just yeah. change it? Yeah, infrequently. Or do you differentiate? You know, do you put differentiate? Well, you know, because no, 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 people now? apply things universally. Uh, you know, do I put a stronger password policy of changes of passwords on my admin accounts, but not my user accounts? All oh, right, okay. You know, because let's face it, the high value stuff is your admin accounts, not your average user account. So you know, okay. think about applying things that's appropriate. Okay. To the risk as well. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm done now. You're done. <laughs> okay. Um, Promise. Mark, thanks very much again for joining us. Pleasure as always. Us. There's only me. I know. Uh, thanks, thanks very much. Um, I'm sure we're going to... I know we're going to see you on oh, another podcast because yeah. we've already got it booked in. Yeah. So uh, thanks very much for listening. If you've got any questions, uh, you can email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. Uh, or you can tweet us at uh, Justin... Justin Woolen at... That's you, yeah. yeah. At Justin Woolen. At Justin Woolen. That's yeah. the one, isn't it? Like, <laughs> there we go. Anyway, thanks very much and uh, look forward to uh, doing another, pos- another podcast with you soon. Bye. Cheers. Bye.